AFL Fantasy Season 2023 is done and dusted. For our season finale, we're joined by a very special guest. Or should I say, spouse. Mrs. DC brings the perspectives of a first-year coach as we all review our seasons, give out the annual Hatch Hat Awards, and partake in the final instalment of Jake's Fantasy Trivia. Welcome to Hatch Hat. G'day guys, Jake here, coach of Dunkley's Donuts, and for the final time in 2023, welcome to Hat Chat. We have, of course, our fantastic four uh, with a fifth for this particular week, and for her podcasting debut, she might have made a few spaces appearances, but to uh, announce herself to the podcasting world, Mrs. DC, you've joined us to review the year. How are you, and uh, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're pretty good. Just uh, both of us squeezed onto the one mic because we've had some technical issues. But from here, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got uh, Serge and Nathan. been in the podcast with me before. Yeah, and Nathan are both here. So the likelihood of perfection is quite slim. Although I really quickly want to add, I thought when Mrs. DC was coming on, boys, I thought that was as a replacement to DC. As, did, did he not get the memo or what happened here? That's the only reason I voted for it. I'm pretty pissed at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Jake, you messaged it in the wrong group chat, the link to the team score. My apologies. Uh, DC, you are here though, mate, so um, we'll, we'll make the most of a bad situation. How's it going? <laughs> that, that, that explains why the laptop I was trying to log onto this call was shitting itself. You guys are obviously hacking it, trying to prevent me from coming in, but I outsmarted you. So we have one earphone each and we're huddled around a mic. <laughs> Oh, gosh, guys. But it's been a fantastic season. Uh, so we've got to get into how our final rounds went before we do a, a recap over the year that was uh, and having a very quick look at how the final week went. Nathan, you are, for the first time in a long time on the podcast, not the second best coach of the pod, although you're going to swing it as to how you possibly are, aren't you? I mean, what point? What, what's happened this year, Jake? We've ended uh, and therefore we'd look at the overall rank. Uh, so therefore, I am the second best coach in the podcast, or as I prefer to be known, the award-winning nominated uh, for best entertainer in the fantasy community space. If you could use that, please. <laughs> award-winning nominated. Third out of what three. Find, yeah, I, I, won, think... I won the nomination. I won the nomination. Uh, sure. So as the last place in the nominations for entertainer, um, no, uh, but just to back your initial point, I know you said that uh, it's overall rankings that count, but uh, I believe you all missed the little asterisk in terms of conditions that says last round wins, uh, which we'll get to very shortly, uh, which unfortunately does put you in last place, mate. What What is your score for the round? And I guess where yeah. did you finish overall? Yeah, look, it, it wasn't great. I made my trades, wasn't happy with it. I knew I'd locked in the win against DC in the overall, so didn't bother too much. But yeah, a 24-18 is a bloody terrible way to end things because that's a round rank of over 20,000. And I managed to slip out of the top 2,000, which is would be a bit embarrassing if I hadn't beaten DC. Uh, I mean, I realistically, I should have done this in overall order, but it's much more fun if I don't. So uh, a 24-18 doesn't <laughs> look awfully bad, but I guess with four other scores over 2,500, there is a bit of a gap this week. Uh, and DC, rightly so, brought in next uh, overall, not quite where Nathan is, but certainly beat him in the final round. Yeah, absolutely smoked him in the final round, I would have said, Jake. Uh, 2,511 
solid enough, but not spectacular. But it did move me up just enough spots to sneak inside 3,000. So finishing with a two in front of my rank is, is not bad. And 2,997 at the end of the year for me. Fantastic, mate. Well, uh, we haven't said your score yet, Mrs. DC, which obviously brings some excitement to have pipped him at the post and hopefully in a grand final or two. Oh, just the one grand final, but it was enough. Um, thank you for doing this in uh, points order rather than round rank or overall rank because 10,356 is not uh, that good, but I did beat DC with a score of 25-20, beat him by nine points. I was very proud. Uh he was pretty annoyed, so that was a nice way to finish my season. It certainly sounds like a win all round there. And to be fair, 10,000-ish in your first, very first season. I haven't had a look back at my history, boys, but I had a sneaking suspicion starting Simon Presagiacomo and Nathan J. Brown. I probably <laughs> wasn't in wasn't in the 10,000 ranks. So uh, I think that's a bloody good effort, and you should be pretty happy with that. Uh, Sanch, only a few points ahead, uh, but nonetheless – Second best coach on the pod for the week and uh, a pretty good way to finish the year. Yeah, I didn't put any thought into this week um, kind of at all. I just had complete burnout. Um, I said early in the in the week that I was going to trade out both the Frio mids and just didn't go back on that even when I heard that Ryan was going to get tagged. 25-27 uh, uh, and finished it. Uh, I'm now Mr. 461, uh, Mr. 461 on Twitter. So you can find You'll me there always be. You'll always be Mr. 110 to us. That's right. I'll be probably Mr. 103 next year and just cry myself to sleep again. <laughs> hey, that's another triple-digit rank, mate. You should be bloody proud of that. And a low triple-digit rank again under under the 500. Uh, but shame on you all because it is the final round. And with a whopping 25.83, the Donuts have finished the year on top. Uh, round rank almost inside the 1,000, uh, albeit only just scraped me back inside the 5K. But... Uh, again, being 20K after two weeks and an awful, awful start to the year, I'm pretty happy with how things finished up, quite honestly. This is uh, this is worse than the guy that puts all the Tigers and Blues in his team and claims rank one after after round one <laughs> to say you won after the final, final round of the year. This is bullshit. <laughs> but no, in all serious, congratulations, Jake. We can now uh, extend the Jake ranks in 270 spots. So, yeah. Finishing where you did now, it's no longer outside 5,000 other Jake ranks. No, 4,700 like mates. a competent podcast. Oh, boys, I appreciate all of that. I mean, what's the most exciting thing is putting up the highest score of the year in the final week usually means you win a whole bunch of grand finals. But I was 0-11. I lost in five prelims the week before, so I didn't have a grand final to win. So that was a bit awful. But uh, anyway, that's the season that was, boys. Let's move on to, uh, I don't know that we can call it the hat chase update, Sanch, because I think the hats have been chased and uh, we just have some results for our for our listeners. 26 coaches. That is piss poor. That is... Sh- no, I'm just kidding. 26, 26 people to go in and win a hat. That's, that's epic. To, to take up a quarter of, of, of the hats for the year is, is just wicked. And uh, congratulations to Darren. Uh, Wise Ocean Pods, mate. He was up there for a long time, taking out the Open League uh, in, in, in the Hatchat League as well. And you also got the Highlocks, which was nice. We didn't get the Highlocks winner in our league last year, which was a little bit disappointing. And to Alex Gould for winning Hat Chat League One, which I'm pretty sure there's a few ponies in that league. Speaking of, DC, how'd that league go? 
Yeah, went all right. I didn't make finals, but I, I hung around <laughs> for another season at least, so that was good. But yeah, very competitive league. I uh, just wanted to point out that last year we had 21 coaches that won hats in our open league. So we're either getting more popular or our coaches are getting better, or both. Should have had 22. Crop of shit. Yeah, DC, that's the five listeners I've added in from the States. So that's just the five people <laughs> I've been helping. So just those little extra people and just get them the five hats. Brilliant. Oh, well, I'm going to check those statistics. I'd love to see how many overseas people won hats because uh, we know that the one that we were hoping would do well didn't quite get there, but uh, that's okay. These things happen. Uh, boys, uh, let's get to some awards. I say boys, but uh, boys and girl this evening. Uh, so let's get to our Jack Billings Awards for Dud of the Week. Uh, and Mrs. DC, I'm going to get you to kick us off with your first ever Jack Billings. Um, well, my first ever Jack Billings goes to Matt Crouch. He scored me a 74. He was fairly unique for me and he just didn't do what I was hoping for. Just a bit disappointing. Overall, my team went okay. So I, I kind of not struggled to find one, but I feel a bit boring, but there it is. Crouchy. Sorry, mate. No, I think those are very genuine reasons. DC, your last Billings for the year. Yes, it feels as though it's probably on on brand for this season, actually, because it goes to Jack Steele, and obviously he caused me a bit of pain through the middle of the season when I brought him in, and he clearly wasn't 100%. He then came good, and then he's hurt me again a bit at the end of the season, so 67 from him. It was him and Dunkley that I had as two uniques against Mrs. DC this week, so that's probably what cost me the grand final, unfortunately, and, and two guys that I usually love to have in my team, but but not at the moment. Sorry, I'd just like to point out that I had really good players in my team and that's what cost you the grand final. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, and also, I, I thought that we've now renamed Jack Steele to Jake Steele as per the group chat last week. Is that, is that not a thing? I mean, I'm happy when he goes badly to not keep that name continuing. But... Yes, we'll leave it as uh, as Jack Steele, I think. Jake Steele just makes me think of you in a Superman costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we can move that one on pretty Whatever swiftly. Whatever you do in the privacy of your own home, DC. But Mr. DC is looking very jealous. DC sitting right there next to you, mate. Uh, Nathan, you're here, mate. So let's get through your award as well. Uh, yeah, so it just goes to, to the other player that DC mentioned, to Dunkley. So just a, a terrible trade in overall when he came back. Uh, cost a lot of coin to get there and just did not give us the results that we needed. So just a bit disappointing from him because, uh, he, yeah, he was quite a, a bit of a unique for some people. Alrighty, Sanch, uh, you know, no hat this year, so there must be someone that's going to finish it off strongly for you. Yeah, I'll get into it a bit more later, but uh, Tim Taranto, 71, he's just been a massive flop since his buy, so, but I'll get into that a little bit more later. That's it. Um, I was tossing up between two. They've both already been mentioned. Uh, Jack Steele, Tim Taranto, only two real disappointing scores for the Donuts. Um, Tim Taranto probably more so because I considered the trade the last few weeks in that poor form and uh, obviously being so highly owned would probably have been a massive kick in the right direction, albeit a bit too late. Uh, an award that's going to need some renaming next year, boys, is the Pig Brody uh, for a player who gave us absolutely nothing in 2023. So probably your first and only Pig Brody, uh, Mrs. DC, have you got someone in mind? Yes, I do. I feel bad calling him stupid. Can we just call him Sexy Sexy Flanders? Because 146 against DC was everything I was hoping for. But I do <laughs> I do also want to, because it would be off brand if I didn't mention my boy Petrarca, 
who was actually with his solid hundo, <laughs> was was the final nail in DC's coffin. I may rename my team to Mrs. Petrarca's Butterflies next year. We'll see. <laughs> so you're literally <laughs> going to marry him. <laughs> I mean, I haven't I asked know. him, but. I don't know where Petrarca's situation is, but uh, we, we, we might be news to him. DC, what about you, mate? Who are you giving yours to? Not Petrarca. That's what I'll fucking tell you. Um, <laughs> I'll give it to Adam Trelaw uh, for his 131. He was one of my trade-ins this week, so it was good to finish with a bit of a bang trade to finish the season. Lovely. Nathan? Uh, so mine goes to Rowan Marshall, uh, just with another 132 to cap it out as the third overall highest scoring player for, for the year. And this is just a chance for me to, to promote and to plug what I think the award should be called next year, which is the, the set and forget award. Uh, after English went number one and Marshall went number three, this was the year to set and forget. He wasn't number two though, was he? Can't wait to see you spend over two million your rucks next year and tell us how good of good value it was to start the year. Sorry, did Rowan Marshall and Tim English not go up a collective three hundred and forty-two k between them this year? Stop go looking in the past. I'm talking about next year. No one cares. Move on. <laughs> I haven't done the maths on that, but I'm going to suggest uh, Nathan knows his maths pretty well, and and he's the guy that I'm going to trust. Uh, Sanch, uh, are you going to give your award to someone already mentioned? Yeah, I'll give it to the stupid sexy, uh, the 146. It, um, yeah, it just was nice to come home. And I, I even, unfortunately, captained his teammate, uh, the big, the big tuk tuk, thinking he was going to come out with a monster. But it turns out it was, uh, it was stupid sexy's turn to put on a monster. It's nice of you to uh, give your award to me, mate. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to give my award to finish the year with the real one-week wonder, which is the big Texan. Uh, a lot of people talked about doing it. I backed it in to finish the year, and a, a sneaky 164 average in your side isn't too bad. So uh, if I had players doing that every week, I might have had a half-decent year. But uh, big shout-out to the Tex. Couldn't quite get the Coleman, but uh, fantastic end to the year nonetheless against the Eagles, which is something we love to see. But guys, you know, we haven't got any questions as such tonight. We kind of wanted to get more into a bit of a season review regarding how we feel our years went, some of the best, some of the worst, both personally and on the podcast. Uh, So DC, as always, after our awards, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask, what do you think your best move was for 2023? Yeah, there's a a couple there I could have thrown this to, but I think the one that really jumps out was the Dacos downgrade the week that he... Got tagged and then injured to that 37, and I obviously went to Newman. So that was before round 21. Dacos obviously didn't play again, and then Newman averaged 121 across his last four games, including that 80 last week. So that was probably the move that I think I've got to give it to just because of how big a point swing it was. No wonder I beat you this year. If your best move of the year was trading on a player that managed to get injured... Wow. Excellent, excellent coaching, DC. You knew you knew he was gonna get injured and never play again. That's why you're that's why you're the number three coach in the pod, mate. <laughs> I mean he also there's two sides to the trade. He also brought in Newman, who I am not sure, but I'm guessing was a top five averaging player over the last three to four weeks. So uh I, I'm that's gonna so give sorry. you that one, DC, even if Nathan doesn't. Uh so Nathan, let's see which one you're gonna jump on that's gonna be highly unique and unsurprising. Uh, yeah, so my one was jumping on Dawson uh, immediately after his buy. So I faded him initially to start the season, as quite a lot did, and people jumped on him. And I managed to really jump on him just before he had that massive score, I think, of 170 plus. 
So jumping on him that week where I traded Bailey Dale to him, I think is just the, the big choice to go for that Uber Primo in a situation where I normally don't like going. So that was probably it. I mean, it would have been good to jump on him when he actually moved into the midfield about 10 weeks earlier. But yeah, you, you do you. That's fine. I didn't have the cash. <laughs> yes, I mean, <laughs> if you hadn't slided DC, I might have given you some leniency, mate. But yes, oh, let's jump on the highest scoring defender after their buy, which is the whole point of the buys. Well, well done, mate. So great, great work, you two. I'm hoping that Sanch and Mrs. DC can bring us home with something a little bit more unique, Sanch. I mean, I'll just, I'll just be honest. It was because there was an injury and a late out uh, of someone, so it meant that I had to change my trades with a minute to go and ended up getting in Dawson, and I was curious about it. And it's so even, like, All right, so okay, your best fine. move was just pure luck, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, better, be, better be lucky than good. What are we looking at, mate? Yeah, uh, I had to pivot away from the Dacos because uh, Nathan's just slating everyone. Um, so round three, I traded out Warpool and Andy McGrath, so two sort of failed mid-prices at the time, didn't explode. Um, for Jaden Hunt, who was an early mid-pricer, and uh, Caleb Sarong, who proved very nice trade-in to up to the buy. Now, that is a huge in uh, that time of year, and somewhat more unique because we were sliding Hunt quite a lot. Mrs. DC, how about you? First season, what do you reckon is the best move that you made? Probably unusual for a rookie like me, but I actually think my buy planning was probably my my greatest achievement. I mean, I'm going to put it out there, I cried a lot in the list. I was not coping and DC was finding these like deranged handwritten spreadsheets and lists that I was making that would then change. I don't know why I wasn't using a computer anyway. Um, it actually really thinking about my structure and what was coming up gave me a chance to learn the game a bit better, which was helpful because <laughs> I really didn't know how to play. Um, and I moved up 5,000 spots. So I was pretty happy at the end of it. It was also really fun watching Ratkins. I think he got a 33 and I was just laughing because I knew it would drop off my score. Um, plus the three trades is pretty fun as well. I quite enjoyed that. So yeah, that was that was my major achievement this year, I think. No, I love it. And if you're enjoying the three trades, make sure you keep on with AFLWs. I'm sure you and hopefully a lot of our listeners will be doing because uh, uh, Lockout is, well, by the time this is released, potentially on the same day. So make sure you get this out quickly, put something together. Uh, I'm going to give my best move of the year to be starting with Liam Duggan. Obviously, it was a very unique pick. Went him over Andy Brayshaw. Brayshaw failed um, and Duggan started quite slow but then went on a tear through the buys. I think he was a top three, top four scoring defender for a six, seven-week period there. And after what was a slow start because of a few injuries really helped propel me back to at least a serviceable rank. So it was definitely my most unique pick of the year that certainly paid off. Um, So I'm going to take that one with me. Now, obviously, with our best comes our worst, guys. So I'm sure there's going to be some here that weren't quite as fruitful for us. And DC, one of those, and, and I don't know, you're going to suggest this is a bit of luck or un- unlucky, Nathan, or what's going on here? Yeah, well, I think if I look at my season, funnily enough, I had two pretty good rounds in the first three weeks. But I actually think the reason why I've struggled a bit this year is that my starting team wasn't that great. I missed a lot of really popular players that went really well in my starting team. And quite a few of those are actually in the midfield. So my midfield, I, I think for probably the second year in a row, to be honest, I probably went too mid-priced heavy in the midfield. So it meant that I started guys like Setterfield, but then we obviously had Sheed and, and Warple were more or less failures there. Warple came good after a little bit, but I think that was my main mistake is not having someone like a Clary or particularly a Bont in there when a lot of people had them. Um, 
yeah, hurt and I spent most of the year trying to catch and get those sort of players back into my team. Fantastic. Nathan, uh, I've got you here as well, mate. Uh, are you going to give us something that's uh, particularly surprising or is this something that's really left you quite disappointed? Well, yeah, uh, unfortunately it was a bit surprising because I wasn't as smart as DC to predict the day cost injury that was happening. So I, I kept him in my team that week. Uh, and I traded out Sheasel instead, which, you know, not only lost me points, but it lost me personal respect for myself and it lost me just the sense of loyalty that I had. So from that moment on, fantasy was dead to me that I was willing to betray my own kind, the rising star uh, for some player who everyone else knew was going to get injured. Yeah, and I mean, uh, that would make sense, but I don't know that I had any respect or loyalty to you in the first place. So I guess that's more of an internal feeling for you, mate. Uh, Sanch, <laughs> I don't know why I went so hard there. Sorry, mate. Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon, Sanch? <laughs> I think we all know what your uh, worst move of the year was, unfortunately. It was pretty heavily publicised. Yeah, my worst has to be purely outcome-based. Um, brought in Callum Mills uh, as, a, as an upgrade for two rookies and decided to captain him because I... Th- I forget who the matchup was, but it was pretty friendly. Um, and he got injured on six, and that is the sickest I have ever felt. Before anyone takes a jab, yes, it felt worse than finishing 110th. I know you keep saying injured on six, but I hate to remind you, injured on three, six on your score, mate. The worst part about it for me is I didn't bloody bring him in, and I still finished where I did, and so many of you guys got that three <laughs> score. So I have no justification around it whatsoever. Um yeah, sorry, mate. That might have been the, the worst part, or maybe the best part of the week. I was only about 80 points off the pack where I copped that three and I copped the captaincy of a three as well. So I was essentially two players behind the pack, and I think I only lost, yeah, about 80 points for that week, which, I don't know, it just killed thinking that I could have actually got a leg up that week, and it just set me back. Yeah, I remember you put up a, still a half-decent score, all things considered. I think you, you had a loss. or you, That might be the week that you had a draw, I think, in uh, in the Content Creators Cup, albeit uh, I, it was against I think Zave, was it? It was against Zave. It was probably Zave's best score of the year, too. <laughs> uh, so just the- to be clear, you, so you're saying your worst move of the year was one where you actually stayed pretty close to the pack. So that would surely indicate that it was the next 10 weeks that were terrible. What, so you're saying that 200 points that I lost... That, that that shouldn't have meant anything? Is that what you're trying to... I don't really understand, but... Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mrs. DC, uh, it is your first year. So in theory, you're supposed to have made plenty of mistakes, but, um, you know, I don't, from based on your total rank, I don't think it went too badly. What's the one that stands out as the one that you look back on and go, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do and won't be doing moving forward? Oh, look, there's a couple. I had Bont in my starting team and took him out. So that probably for me was I didn't manage to get him into round 22. So, um, But the, the biggest one for me was in round four and round five, I had consecutive terrible trades. I traded in Chase Jones in round four and then Cozzy Pickett in round five. They looked good to my eye. And to DCs as well. You brought in Chase Jones, so I guess I really so Christian Petrarca, can't blame I guess. myself. Oh, he looks very good. Um, <laughs> not to DC. Um, yeah, Cozzy looked really good to me, and I remember remember talking to Nathan about him as well. Like, anyway, they just didn't really pan out, and I think that's that was back your issue. That was <laughs> your issue. Nathan, that last yeah. point. That was definitely the issue of that trade. Yeah. No. Look, and with those kind of guys, you know. These things happen across the board. Cozzy Pickett was a hard one, especially after what we saw round one. There's a lot more excitement there. Chase Jones, I think we knew, was a bit volatile. And 
I still think he wasn't a completely failed trade. I know we talked about this at length at the time, DC. Like, we didn't get what we wanted out of him, but he also didn't suddenly become a 30 or 40 guy like Cozzy Pickett did. He just became someone that didn't have the upside we were all hoping. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he scored a 37 the week we all yeah. brought him in. So I would say he definitely became a 30 guy very quickly. <laughs> he did pop a couple of decent scores after that, but you kind of want those sort of picks, I think, to go bang as soon as you bring him in. Yeah, okay. Let me just uh, let me check that one and uh, remove that from the podcast. Thanks, DC. Uh, for me, <laughs> it's, it's a starting pick as well. Um, and like I said, quite often I, I hate when people say, oh, you know, I should have brought in this guy and this is the difference because sometimes there's too many variables. Uh, but we spoke about this. By the time that was at the buys, it was really easy because the two players, the two alternates that I did bring in were still in my side at the buys. So I knew exactly the points differential. And the toss-up was English and Golden, uh, just to stick with the pack, or Wits and Cogs, um, of which I went with Wits and Cogs. I think it was about a 500-and-something point differential by the time the buyers had come around from just that difference in starting pick. Um, and the 500 points was the difference between a thousandth and, you know, late, late, late trip. And yes, Jake ranks. So, you know, and that was a hard one. I looked at it and buy structure was great from it, but uh, obviously did not pay off. Uh, maybe my worst move of the year was saying that Errol Gordon would be the, the biggest bust of the year. That, that could easily be my worst move of the year, quite honestly. Um, but anyway, um, maybe we'll start with you for this one, Mrs. DC. What is the one thing, and maybe you've learned a lot, but let's say one new thing, biggest positive thing you learn about fantasy this year that you think you'll continue to do moving forward? I think, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, like, I think for me it's about taking more risks. So towards the end of the year when I realised, like, fuck it, I'm not winning a hat, I might as well, and I really wanted to beat DC, it sort of gave me more confidence to, to do things that are a little bit more out there. Um, I did take some risks this season not realising they were risks at the time, like, Picket or short the first time I brought short in that did pan out pretty well until he got injured on 25 and um, as I learned to play I took more risks I'm not sure that trading in Shannon Hearn in the final round was a risk I should have taken I'm sure there were other alternatives but I think it was just about the confidence to understand what I was doing and back myself and the reasons I was doing it so yeah I'll definitely be taking a fair few more of those next season. Very interestingly, mine is almost the opposite. Um, I've got a bad habit of trying to find unique guys in my starting team, um, of which every year one or two really don't pay off. Like Duggan this year was slow early, probably paid off. But someone like a Tanner Bruin, um, I think last year it was Dusty. I started with Dusty just to spite DC more than anything, quite honestly. And, you know, they just really don't pay off. And when they're really unique, they hurt you. Whereas if you're going someone like a Warpool or a Sheed, a lot of people are in that same boat. So if you see something really good in a high-end player, maybe you can go there. But try not to find this extremely unique uh, mid-pricer because if they go well, you've got the chance to bring them in early. If they don't, you've got no issues there and you can just keep working with it, bring them in when you need to and go from go from there moving forward instead of having to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, so I think the, the reality of all of that is you can't, win it to start the year, but you can certainly lose it. Um, so don't go too far left field, bring people in, and it is a training game after all. Yeah, that, that is sort of my new favourite phrase as such. You, you can't win it, but you can lose it with your starting team. It's something that's come through a lot in different formats of fantasy games, playing like a fantasy Premier League as such where there's less players, but where you can't really take that many risks because if you do and you go against the whole pack, or they call it at the moment the peloton, 
you can ride with the peloton for a while and start to make your moves later in the piece and then start to break away. So, yeah, it's something I think I'll definitely be taking into next year, Jake, is not to take risk for the sake of taking a risk. Yeah, fantastic, mate. DC, what are you looking at this year? You know, worst year in a while, albeit not that bad in the end. So where are you thinking the change was? Was it just the uh, differentiators that each year brings or was there something that you did differently? Yeah, it was my worst worst season in the end for four, four years. Um, but, yeah, I, I think as I mentioned earlier, my starting team was probably, I guess, to your, your points. Um, that's probably where I lost it because I – Miss too many of those popular players, um, but I'm, I am reasonably reasonably proud of how my team finished because middle part of the season, sort of coming into the buyers in the first few weeks of the buyers, I would say I could only be described as being in a heavy depressive state, and uh, <laughs> I was I was ten thousand six hundred ninety fourth going into round fifteen, so I managed to make up over seven and a half thousand spots uh, in those last couple of months, so. Pretty happy with the finish, and, and that was similar to last season as well. So I'm obviously doing some things right in terms of cash generation and and pulling the right risky moves in the back half of the season. Um, but I've got to got to sort out. Um, I think probably sort of rounds four and five through to the buys. So I think that's the last two seasons where I've lost it. Fantastic, mate. Love that, and I think that's a pretty well spot on viewpoint. Looking forward to next year. And what about you, Nathan? Is it something that you're going to have to uh, you're going to stick with, or do you think there might be some adjustments when you're back back stateside? Well, yeah, I think what was really important for me to learn this year uh, was that I can do pretty well. Um, I'm pretty happy with how I finished in the end. Um, a couple of mistakes, but I don't I don't need to watch nine games a week. And I think it's a big thing as as people are getting into fantasy that are trying to compete against people that are watching every single game, but you don't really need it that much. I obviously started taking this game a bit more seriously when COVID happened and there was nothing else to watch. So that's, I guess, for the last three years was really where I was focused on just watching every single game because that's what I was used to and that's what I thought it took. But I was pretty happy with how I finished and, yeah, didn't need to watch everything. I think I watched maybe the first five minutes of every North Melbourne game until we were down by 20 points and then went to bed. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think as taking lessons from it and using Twitter in order to understand what's been going on, because uh, I definitely didn't ask any of you boys for help. No, I love your work, mate. Uh, you've done a fantastic job considering the time frames. I mean, I missed enough laid outs as it was, and it was a normal time for me. So I can imagine what that would have been like for you. So uh, genuinely should be pretty happy with how the year went. Um, a little bit quicker on this one, guys, because uh, I don't think we want to linger on our mistakes too often. Uh, so DZ, mistake that you've made this year um, that you think you'll be able to rectify moving into 2024? Yeah, I guess kind of similar to that theme around the midfield as well, going too mid-priced heavy. The last two years, I've gone into the season with one less rookie on field than most teams. And in both years, I've had to end up trading in an extra rookie on field at some point anyway, um, probably over those first four or so weeks. Um, so I think for me next season, I'll try and just correct that balance a little bit. And I think probably just go one more rookie and one more premium instead of going two mid prices. Um, and just making sure that I'm really a hundred percent sold on the mid prices and that I, I think I can get close to the top of the line because I probably took just one too many punts this year, really. Fantastic, mate. Uh, Mrs. DC, what about you? 
This is a very DC themed mistake, but I guess uh, not checking my captain after a rollback, uh, except mine did not work in my favor. I had the VC on Dunkley and I had looped, but then it didn't. And I had to cop a 90 captain score, which. Uh, oh, no, a 90. Sitch. Thoughts on a 90. But. Can I also just um this is this is for future Mrs. DC when I'm reflecting. Not every player needs to score excellent every single week. Sometimes it's okay to just take an okay score. Um I just want to give a shout out to Brayshaw in round five. Um Andy Brayshaw who dropped a 72 and I was so angry that DC had to take my phone away so I didn't hashtag um, hashtag heave fucking ho and trade him out as a rage trade. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I need to have I need to have more accurate expectations of what my players are actually capable of based on games and based on the time of year. Yeah, this, we this have is a family friendly podcast, and we love Fremantle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was just about to say, I think the important thing there is DC knew how disenfranchised our Fremantle supporters have been in the past and we could not <laughs> afford another slight on the Dockers. The, the hate for Frio runs deep in this household. I <laughs> do not hate Frio. I would rather Frio win over a Victorian team, but I just was really angry that week. <laughs> can you, I, I can you please Frio. put a pledge out to Frio Girl? To then change her Apple Podcasts review from the one star, please, because that is that is tanking us. That is tanking us. Uh, keep things ticking along, mate. What about you? What's your mistake? Pretty pretty clear. Uh, I would say that uh, buying into one tag preseason. So I was very hot on Dacos throughout the entire preseason. Had him in my team for the majority of the thing, and I think quite a lot of people did. That one tag preseason turned everyone off him, and I chose Andy McGrath instead. So. Uh, that's definitely the mistake. I'm definitely not going to do it. Is realised there might be a tag, there might be a poor score, but someone might be scoring 120 every week to counteract that. I mean, I'd like to argue the opposite because I was like, oh, we've only seen it one time from Errol Goulden. That doesn't seem sustainable. But on the flip side, that did stick for the entire year. So who, no, who really knows? There were other signs. There were other signs, <laughs> I feel, Jake. Uh, mine, on the other hand, is not that. It's actually holding injured players. Um, I did that three times this year. Mind you, one was a little bit forced in, in wits because I copped three that week. I think it was Dacos, uh, Day, not Dacos, um, Day and Doc on the same week as wits. And the only cover I had was big old Samson Ryan. Uh, but a couple of times I held injured players, which then extended into multiple weeks. Josh Dunkley was hopefully a one-weeker turned into two. Uh, and I think being a bit more aggressive on those might have put me in a bit of better stead. So I'm going to keep that in mind next year. Try not to trade. See how we work things through. Uh, now, Sanch, you've got a piece of advice here, which uh, is less so a piece of advice and more so just a standard mantra as to what you've learned for this year. Yeah, I... Okay, other than both Mrs. DC's and Jake's, I actually... I really hate this question because... It's similar to people having a never again. Why don't you write the, the podcast run sheet then, Sam? <laughs> well, it turns out you get a bit of fatigue because this is rubbish. Um, no, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's the exact it's same question, question we asked last to, season. It's a good question to cover, but I think uh, the more we play the game, the more you realize there's nothing that you should never do again. For example, I've got a notes list that has every error, quote unquote, that I've ever made in this game or something that the outcome hasn't worked out for me. But one of them was don't bring in wingers. Another one was don't bring in players from a struggling team. I brought in, I had Luke Davis-Unak for the first two rounds and he exploded until he 
exploded one of his tendons or ligaments, whatever he did. And then I also brought in Jaden Hunt to start the year, and he was a great cash cow. So there's always a time where something could work again. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's not something you never plan to do again, but maybe you just have to take that risk at a different time or figure out if it actually works in this season. Each season is different, mate. I love it. You mentioned it a lot and uh, you couldn't be more spot on. All right. Well, that's enough of 2023, albeit the last question is looking forward to 2024. And I just want you guys to give us a little smoky, you know, six months in advance for someone that's already on your watch list for next season. Uh, Mrs. DC, I'm going to get you to start us off. Uh, I'm looking at stupid sexy if he gets forward status. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to our West Coast Eagles boy, Elijah Hewitt. He's looking pretty solid. And with some of the changes coming through, people leaving, all that sort of thing, I'm thinking he should get a pretty good run of it next year. So I'll be watching him in the preseason. Is he looking Christian Petrarca solid or like as in a good fantasy player uh, solid? <laughs> I'd like him to get a haircut. Um, but... I mean, he's not on the tracker levels. I'm sorry. No, not yet. <laughs> I mean, so what we're saying is Mrs. DC is the new Mitch when we're starting to talk about uh, sex appeal levels of AFL footballers, and that's fine. We, we do need that on the odd occasion. I don't know what statistics they get added or how many fantasy points, but we can petition. To be Morty. fair, I've only ever been talking about how much I love him as a player, but, yes, he does also happen to be quite handsome. <laughs> What's that so? post oh, on he's... the bedroom wall then? <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's a pretty bloody good cook too. I think he's a good cook based on all the TV adverts, that's for sure. DC, what about you? Who's on your watch list? Not Kristen Petrarca. Uh, It's Callum Mills. Um, I think that that last round of the season gave us a a nice reminder of what he can do. He's going to be priced at 84. And if you said that at the start of this season, that by next season he'd be priced at 84, you wouldn't have believed it. So... I think if he can get back into that inside midfield role that we know he can play extremely well, um, he's going to be a really, I think, important pick for next year, whether you, you go with him and he brains it to start the season or he could still play this role next season and then maybe avoiding him would be an important move as well. Uh, and then the other one is that uh, Connor Buderick has a 24% discount next season. So watch that one. Watch this space. Sanch, uh, you got someone that uh, was in a lot of people's teams a couple of years back. Yeah, it's an awkward price, but Brody Grundy, as uh, Nathan would like to set and forget, be priced around 74, at 75. Um, it, for me, it kind of might depend on what team he goes to and how Rucks normally perform. But he, if he turns back into a midfielder Ruck like he has in the past, then I think it could be a good pickup. Fantastic. Nathan, I'm going to call you out before you even say it here. Number one draft picks are not someone to watch. That's a pretty obvious pick. So you're not allowed to pick potential number one draft picks on this list. So pick someone else, please. I mean, I don't know what you have against that uh, Port Adelaide player that we have not mentioned all season, but I mean, come on, man. Uh, no, I would say if Harley Reid goes to North Melbourne, I would absolutely pick him. If he goes anywhere else, I don't think he'll be worthy of a mention. Uh, I think he'd ruin his career going anywhere else. Uh, so yeah, if North Melbourne picks him, probably Harley Reid. But <coughs> I'd say Whitfield is probably the, the one that I'm keen to watch. Obviously, he'd be on a lot of people's never again list, but... The second half of the year, he went at over 100 and even had two injury-affected scores in that. So if someone is starting the season sort of at 95, if there's something to go on and he starts the year well, it might be a great play for six weeks until he gets injured again. Yeah, Nathan Spruiking number one North Melbourne picks. That's going to end well for you. Um, my one on this list here is Toby McLean. We were really hot on him at the start of this year. Couldn't find his way Let- in. 
go, Jake. What I think is going to happen, there's going to be some wholesale changes at the Dogs, and I think McLean might be one of them. I think he's going to be looking for game time. He'll be best 22 somewhere. Uh, So I think he might sneak into a couple of sides, and if he does, he'll be basement priced. He won't be three-something, 300-and-something like he was this year. Based on his discount and the three sub-games he had this year, he should be basement priced, which is um, dirt cheap for a a seasoned player. Um, And if he wasn't such an awkward price, DC, do you know who finished the season like a steam train? Dustin Martin. He was a number oh, he was a number three forward for the last eight weeks of the year. But he's going to be a bit too expensive. But if he gets a move to the Suns, I'd be really intrigued to see how he goes. So I think he's a bit of a smoke. Guys, it is time, of course, to thank our fantastic sponsors of this podcast, which, of course, are our friends at Manscaped. Now, normally I bring up to our guests, you know, how have you been enjoying the beard, uh, the beard hedger? But, Mrs. DC, I'm not sure. Well, maybe you've been enjoying it on Christian Petrarca, but um, I don't know that you (laughs) personally have any insight to the beard hedger. I was allowed to open the PR box, which was stunningly packaged, and then I've basically been told hands off, this isn't yours. So I've just been looking at it wistfully from the corner of the room. But DC seems to like it. You've been saying you haven't used it, but you don't have a beard, so I assume you have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think my personal favourite part of the, the Beard Hedger is, of course, its conversion into miles. Isn't that right, Nathan? Uh, but for those that are interested, uh, the Beard Hedger itself isn't included, but you can get that from the website of manscaped.com along with their performance package 4.0, which, of course, is their precision engineered tools for your family jewels. As we know by now, Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, so join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code HATCHAT at manscaped.com, which, if our math's correct, is about 16 million balls. Now, guys, we did say that we aren't going to do normal segments. We do have a new segment that people have been asking for us to continue. I get plenty of messages. People like Jake's trivia, which uh, hopefully hasn't been too long-winded. Uh, but I have a season-ending special for you guys. So are we are we all prepared, Mrs. DC? excited for your first installment? Very. I do love trivia. Um, I'm hoping to at least beat DC on one of the questions. Okay. Well, it's an interesting one because we're going with the format that we had last week, which is more a list, and I'm going to be getting you guys to knock off the list. Uh, and the theme for tonight, uh, there's there's two themes that we've gone with. First of all, it's the end of the fantasy season, uh, which is an exciting time to reflect. We're reflecting on our season, so we should be reflecting on the players' seasons. Uh, and also, the All-Australian team has just been announced. So quite simply, what we're going to be doing is our end-of-the-season All-Australian fantasy team with the highest averaging 22 plus bench. So effectively, if you were to design a 30-player side, unlimited salary cap right now with all of the players that have played this year, you're going to be picking the guys with the highest averages in each line. So six defenders, eight mids, two rucks, six forwards, and a full bench of eight. Uh, Nathan, you want to interject? I haven't finished the rules yet. I'll let you ask any questions once I finish the rules. The one additional rule is to be all Australian, you have to be playing a lot of the season. You can't be missing games. So they must have played 20 or more games to be eligible to make the All-Australian side. So it's the top averaging players in each line, if you were to pick your 30 side, that have played 20 or more games. Sorry, I feel like you went through that too quick. Can you say that again? I think (laughs) 
Yeah, Jesus, did you just introduce Trade or Spade? Wow. Come on, man. Can we get a recap of your intro now? <laughs> I don't have that. I just wanted to make sure we covered all of the questions you guys might have, but yet you still have them, Nathan. Are we allowed to write stuff down? Because I got tricked with that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how are we dealing with DPP? Yeah, you can write down players who have been named to make sure, and you can write them down in the positions that you think. Uh, to your question, DC, about DPP, uh, in reality, it's just going to be what position uh, they're you're going to have picked them in their side. So in theory, mid-forwards are probably going to be forwards. Defender mids, um, yeah. Uh, you don't have to pick what which position defender forwards? Uh, defender forwards, whatever position they fall into with their average, if that makes sense. So it's the highest averaging side. So I don't need you to tell me which position they fit into. You just have to tell me if they make the side. Um, the only other tidbit is um as per last week if you can tell me what they averaged for the year you'll get a bonus point on any of your answers so we enjoyed that last week sanch likes to be one away so i'm hoping we get a few more of them this week watch me be like watch me be like seven away this week (laughs) oh gosh uh any more questions are we ready to get started boys is now a good time for me to fake a tantrum and leave the oh does it all the time yeah because i'm just thinking i might (laughs) I think you'll no, be No, I've got a little I, list. I'll be okay. I've got a list. I reckon you've got this. Uh, so an order of who we're starting in, we're going by uh, lowest to highest number of podcast appearances this year, uh, which, of course, means, Mrs. DC, you get us started. Dawson. Dawson is on the list. Uh, would you like to tell me closest to, to what he averaged for the year, closest to the nearest one, Nathan? 117. <laughs> 117. It wasn't quite that high. 113 for Jordan Dawson. Damn it! (laughs) At D1. Uh, Nathan, I believe you're next in a number of podcast appearances. Uh, I'm going to go Bontempelli. Averaging? 117. Fuck off! It's the only one I knew! (laughs) 117 for Marcus Bontempelli is bang on. Two points for Nathan at M1. Uh, Sanch. Yeah, I'm livid at that. Um, <laughs> I'm so livid at that. I feel like defenders are going to be really hard because two of the highest didn't play 20 games. So I'm going to go Jack Sinclair, get that off the board. And I'm going to go 108. That seems Not quite high, that high. But Slow start to the yeah. year. 102 for Jack Sinclair, but he is on the list. DC. Um. Let's go. Let's go. The guy I didn't have for most of the season, English. Now I'm trying to remember exactly what he averaged. I think 118. Uh, he'd be very close. 118.7, which means he's rounded up to 119, my friend. But uh, t- obviously, Tim English is on the list. Mrs. DC, we're back to you. Is Taranto on the list? Yes. Taranto's on the list. And oh, I reckon he averaged 105. Five. Uh, you're not giving your boy enough credit. He did struggle at the end of the year, but some of those big scores, 112 for Tim Taranto. Oh, I thought he'd get dragged down in that second half of the year. All right. That's how big that early start of the year was. Nathan? I'm going to go Marshall, uh, the set and forget, uh, and I'm going to go 116. Nathan with two bang on. Again, two points. He jumps out to an early lead, 116 for Roma. Sanch. I just feel so cooked in this. Ah, <laughs> uh, O Errol, and I'm going to say, I have no idea. One oh eight, 
Surely it was higher than that. 108. Big, big error, 113 by the end of the year. F1. Uh, by point one yeah. over Tim Taranto in the end after his double shit pick. Year. I know, awful bust, that's for sure. DC. Uh, I'll go with one of my boys, Connor Rosie. I'm going to say 106. You, you second guessed yourself there, mate. I was going to say 105, but 106. 105.9, it is rounded up to yeah. 106. Well done. <laughs> oh, that would be funny if you changed your mind. Uh, yep, well done, mates. Uh, F3 there for Rosie. Mrs. DC. Sicily. Sicily is our Not first strike because he only played 19 games due to those oh, two suspensions, wow. unfortunately. Wow. But uh, he was definitely... Definitely on there in terms of average. Uh, he definitely would have been out D2. Uh, Nathan? Uh, Jake, I'm not sure if you've heard of this player. Uh, oh, wait, no. Santoro did Golden, didn't he? Damn it. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Uh, I'm going to then go Cornelio. And I'm going to say 104. If you'd pulled that again, I would have asked to see your phone, mate. Uh, 102 for Cogs, nonetheless, on the list. Uh, Sage? Uh, I'm going to stick to Fenders. And I feel like this is so risky, but he has to have. He had a massive... Luke Ryan. Is he on the list? <laughs> You're not he saying no, list. so I'm going to say he is. Uh, 100. Oh, 99.4 for Luke Ryan. <laughs> Right, standard, standard, Sanch. <laughs> just keeping the theme going. Uh, DC? Uh, I'll go for a guy I didn't have the whole year. Connor Rosie's teammate, Zach Butters. I'm going to say he averaged a flat 100. He's done this twice in a row, mate. 99.5 for Butters, meaning rounded up, is the flat 100. Well done, mate. No, no, no. What, what part of the five? Where does it round up to with that? Because if it's 99.49, I'm having that rounded down. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point, but I'm only getting the point one off the fantasy app, mate. So uh, if it gets to a tie break, we'll, we'll delve back into it. Mrs. DC, you're back. Has anyone said Dunkley yet? No one has said Dunkley. Well, I'm going to say Dunkley. Okay. And what score would you think Josh Dunkley has averaged? Oh, 108. My boy, if he didn't have such a paired last game of the year, uh, he averaged 104.4. So uh, if he had his average in the last game, I think 108 would have been bang on. Uh, but nonetheless, still correct. Nathan? Merritt, 111. Zach Merritt at M2, 113. Sanch? Nick Newman. Uh, what did I guess for Ryan? Did I guess 100? I think he guessed 99 and he was 100. Oh, Other way around. Uh, Other way around, sorry. You guessed 100 and he was oh, 99. Was he more or less? Nine, all right, then 98. Newman with a completely unroundable 98.0. Thank you very much. Yeah. Was that Ryan down or round? Oh, sorry. No, it's not round. <laughs> 98 evens without any rounding. Fantastic work. Uh, brings you back into the game, DC. Uh, I'll go a big breakout this season. Caleb Sarong, 109. Caleb Sarong with a big 108.1. So rounding oh. rounding didn't quite look after you this time, DC, but right, correct. Uh, just as a quick hint, uh, as far as on-field players goes, we've got two defenders and five midfielders and the full bench. 
which is, of course, the bench is the challenging positions because they're the fringe guys. Uh, so, yeah, this is DC, five midfielders, two defenders on the field. Andy Brayshaw. Andy Brayshaw, averaging. Oh, man, I'd really like to get one of these averages right just for my pride. Um, I'm going to say 112. You're getting bloody clo- You're getting closer and closer. It's 110.3, so oh. only the one and a little bit off, but correct nonetheless. Nathan? I'm going to go out on a limb here because uh, I'm going to guess Petrarca. I was hoping we'd save Petrarca, but yes, he is on the list. Uh, and what do you think he averaged? Uh, 1.05. 1.06 even for Christian. Sanch? We're doing a full bench, aren't we? We are doing a full bench. Okay, so we've got one more ruck to get. Oh, this is oh. so tough. This is so tough. <laughs> this is so tough. I am tossing up between two. The one I don't know how many games he played is Max. Yeah, okay, fine. Fuck it. Max Gorn. Don't give me a strike. Max Gorn, uh, averaging what? The Sanch? Oh, oh 90, 90, 90, 93. 92 average for Max Gorn at R3 is correct. What are we doing with utility? Uh, just the highest averaging player, yeah. That, that I, 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 if it helps, uh, I actually am trying to scramble to get that because I forgot it. So <laughs> we just, just we'll keep talking whilst whilst I quickly put the utility in there. Um, and if they're named, I'll, I'll sneak them in. But uh, DC, you're next. Uh, all right, I will go a guy I think that probably snuck in on the bench, uh, Jack McRae, with a ninety-four average. Uh, Jack McRae did sneak in at F8 with a 92 average. So, big fall off from the rest of the forwards there, I must admit. Uh, Mrs. DC, it is getting pretty tough now. I'll give you that much. Tom Green. Tom Green, the other player who played 19 games this year, so just missed the list who would have made it otherwise. So, uh Unfortunately, that mid-season layoff hampered him there. Second strike. You only got one more strike to go. I did not clarify that. Three three strikes no, and you're fine. out in this particular game. Nathan? I mean, I've been trying to hold on to him for so long, uh, but uh, the rising star, Harry Sheasel. What position do you think he sneaks into? That's a better question. Uh, I believe he'll probably sneak into the defensive line. Uh, he actually moves in as a forward because uh, he was equal D8, uh, but much higher than McRae. So um, that doesn't hurt it against you, but just for your sections, he's F7 and his average? 95. 97.3. What a debut season from the Shees. Sanch. Have we said Liam Duggan yet? We have not said Liam Duggan. Oh, shit. What did he. 95. He's surely less than the other two. 95. Uh, Liam Duggan is your first strike. He's the first defender off the list. It doesn't even oh. actually, 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 I take that Are you back. sure? I take that back. He was D9 until Sheasel got moved into the forward line, which snuck him in at D8. <laughs> so he wasn't on the initial list, but then because of the how should our forward That makes me first, so happy. I, no, no, no. I selected Sheasel in the defensive line, <laughs> yeah. and therefore... No, what no. did he? Um, uh, well, he I don't remember. What did he? Average? He averaged ninety six. 
So uh, only the one. I, don't know, I say probably not. Probably not the right. Ninety-five. <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. I did. <laughs> no, sorry about that. Yes, he did sneak his way in late. Uh, late addition to the All Australian fantasy team. DC. Has anyone said Dacos? No one said Dacos. All right, we'll go go Dacos then, and also. Bum bum, Scott. Played enough games, didn't he? Scott, that. No, I was holding for Dacos as my last one. Nineteen, wasn't it? Dacos played twenty games. You are spot on, DC. Oh, and what did he average? I said earlier. I traded him out before round twenty-one. So. Mm-hmm. Um, He's so smug right now. Look at his face. <laughs> Uh, so I'll say 113 average. No, mate, he had a 37 in his last game. <laughs> Sorry, point point of order here. Uh, I, If I remember correctly, DC mentioned that he got injured, so I think he only played 19 and a half games. <laughs> <laughs> he got injured after three-quarter time. Rounds up. Uh, no, but he, yeah, injured in that last game, brought it down to a 109. So I think it was about that pre-injury, unfortunately. But nonetheless, a quick score check with uh, half a dozen players left. Uh, DC and Nathan on eight, Sanch on seven, Mrs. DC on four, but admirably against some of the greatest fantasy minds of our generation, uh, Mrs. DC. <laughs> and Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tied with you, and it's 2 a.m. right now, mate. <laughs> Check yourself at the door. Uh, so, yeah, there are, by my count, seven names to go, Mr. DC. Um, Darcy Parrish? Well, you've done a bloody good job if I was asking for players who didn't make the list only because of games played, because you've there was only eight guys, and you've nailed all okay, three. Okay, does that mean I can stop guessing now and just listen? It means you can stop guessing nice. now. Um, oh, a 106.9 would have put him in at M5, but uh, yes, only played 18 games. Yeah, There were three guys that missed the list and played one or two games short, and you've hit all of them. So that's unfortunate, <laughs> and I think you should, be, you should be proud of your efforts nonetheless. I misunderstood Nathan. the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, liver. Averaging? Uh, 104. 103.3 for liver. Uh, 1.5 and 8. Sanch? Uh, have we said seven defenders? Uh, we have said six defenders. Plus Sheasel. Oh, six. Oh, I'm going to go... Um... Tom, Tom Stewart. <laughs> what did Tom Stewart average? What I ask? Oh, oh, what did I say for Duggan? Ninety. He got ninety six. Ninety. Ninety. Ninety six. Don't round <laughs> up to ninety seven or something. <laughs> him and Duggan averaged the exact same ninety six point three. So that's your first double point. What <laughs> um brings you back to uh, tie up the lead with Nathan with DC to come. DC. Uh, let's go Laird. Don't think he's been said out, has he? No. So I'll go the average 109. DC just comes back to storm the lead with a double pointer. 109 for Rory Laird. 109.2 specifically. Uh, boys, there is one defender and four midfielders left. And I might add these four midfielders are probably the hardest ones to get uh, with a DC one point lead. So Nathan, can you steal it from him? Okay, so you're saying the defender is easy to get then? Well, not necessarily, but easier than the midfielders. Uh, well, I can't think of it right now, so I'm just going to go for Jack Viney. Jack Viney sneaks in at M10, averaging. 
102. 100 even, no decimals, no nothing, 100 for Jack Viney. Sanch? Oh, I feel like I thought he didn't play enough games, but Sam Doherty? Surely he's the only defender left. Sam Doherty with 20 games, you are right. Oh, wow. Um, oh, 10. No, it was pretty poor. 102. What were you going to say? 105. <laughs> Should have said 105. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, DC. There is uh, three guys left. Uh, I'll go Adam Trelaw. Adam Trelaw, 105. Uh, Adam Trelaw did average 105, but only played 19 games this year. What? So he not. <laughs> He uh, unfortunately doesn't make the list. And imagine the double pointer that would have come about as well, mate. So uh, sorry about the bad news, nonetheless. But uh, I'm just double-checking. Yep, 19 games for Adzi. So, um, boys, there's three left on the list and you're all tied up. All three of you are on 10 points. So it's going to come down to it. Uh, Nathan, you're up next, mate. I'm on I'm on Struggle Street here at, at this point. Uh, I'm just going to go fast. Uh, Jai Newcomb. Jai Newcomb, not on the list uh, I don't know how far away he was. Uh, it might have been a points thing, but uh, a games thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, Sanch. Brad Crouch has to be on the list, right? For his massive spell. Massive in the middle. Yeah, he is. Brad Crouch, okay. he's on He's on the ground. He's on the ground. So we've got a bench player to get. Oh, wow. Um, 100 and... Oh, who did I... Dockety 102. 103 for Brad Crouch. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. So, uh, technically, it's a bench player and a utility DC. Who are you finding? Uh, I'll go Locking Neil. Damn it. Uh, Nathan, you should be okay because Locking Neil was the first one off the list, actually. Oh. He uh, didn't sneak into the mids. He had a. Well, no, I'm not going to say what he averaged because that might give some points away. Uh, so, not quite there. Second strike for DC. Nathan? You're going to take the lead from Sanch? I'm going to assume no. Uh, oh, I genuinely cannot think of any players right now. <laughs> Elliot Yo. <laughs> who, is who is a defender? Who is a defender? In what universe has Elliot Yo played 20 games? Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. that that's wrong. Skipping that. Sanch, you can take the win here. No, I still surely can't. It- Oh. Um. Oh, sorry, Nathan. I know you're trying to get to sleep, but this is killing me. Um, I hope it's killing Jack our listeners Steel? too. Jack Steele, ninety-nine. Uh, Jack Steele. Uh, I'm having to check because he's not on my list. I have a sneaking suspicion it was him and Lockie Neal as the first two offers the mids. I think he uh, no, just missed. He just played enough games. He played twenty games exactly as well. Uh, DC, do you reckon you can try and tie up this with Sanch? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've just remembered it. I think it's Noah Anderson. Yeah, I just wanted him too. Yeah. Uh, Noah Anderson is on the list, uh, but to not take the lead, he averaged 100.5, meaning it's uh, <laughs> rounded up. No, you, you rounded to, the even number. You rounded up. I've been rounding everything up from the 0.5. Oh. So you tie the lead, DC, uh, which means, Nathan, you've got to crack at the last player to tie for a three-way tie, uh, or we give Sanchez a crack at the win. <laughs> Can I get any hints? 
I can give you the three players I was tossing up, and I'm pretty sure I've got who it is. Yeah, that'd be... uh, Well, you can give me the two you don't think it is, and I'll guess one of them. Because you weren't going to guess it anyway, and we give we give we have a better chance of beating DC. So you pick which one you're going to go to, and then give me which one you were tossing up between as the other two. Oh, okay, one of them's Adam Chera. Well, I was going to guess LDU, but I'll go Chera. I mean, I think LDU missed a few, but uh, oh, that rhymed. That was good. Uh, Adam Chera looks like he averaged one less and played only 19 games, so actually doesn't meet either criteria for the the cherry. Oh, sorry, it was Sam got it wrong, not me. That's it. Well, that's Nathan out. Someone that I wish I brought in, like, round two, is it Tim Kelly? Like, 99? Or a hunt? Nah, 99. The final player on the list is Tim Kelly with a 99 average. Oh. Well done, Sanch. That is a, and a the huge... only reason I thought of him was because I said wibble wobble in my head, and I was like, no, nah, he got suspended. He got concussed, like, twice. And I was like, Kelly. Oh, shit, Tim <laughs> Kelly. And I was like... I, I was going to say Kelly next if you didn't as well. How often do you say oh, wibble wobble in your head, Sanch? I say it a lot. I do, because I think of Josh Kelly a lot. Like, I'll write an article on him next year. I'm fairly Almost certain. as much as you think of Petrarca. I probably think of Petrarca more. <laughs> It was good fun, everyone. Um, just for really quick reference, the guys that we didn't name, which was only four of them that uh, would have made the list had they played enough games, were Clayton Oliver, um, the four guys that you guys already mentioned, Trelaw, Sicily, Green and Parrish, and three Ruckman, uh, Nank, Darcy and Briggs were all good enough to sneak into R3 had they played enough games. So um, hopefully for those playing at home, that's your All-Australian fantasy side for uh, 2023. Hopefully you enjoyed that and we'll try and get some more concise versions of Jake's trivia either in the off-season or into 2024. Uh, but what we will do just to finish off this pod is to give the last few awards. We did some seasons awards Jake, last I mean, year. Can I, can I try go for – can I get a bonus points situation here? Okay. Yeah, really quickly. Let's do that. I'm happy to offer it up uh, to, to DC and Sanch. I'm happy to offer two of, two of my points up so one of you could win it if you do it. Uh if we can try guess closest to the total of that 30. What, as in all 30 <laughs> players' averages added all together? Like what your what your team average. would have scored if you were playing FPL, used your bench boost yeah. and added all their averages together? And you averaged right. them out. Yeah, you got this okay. times. You, yeah. uh, right. Do we have a captain? No uh, captain. No captain. No captain. I think that, uh, yeah, no captain. But um, yeah, I can do that really quickly. I mean... I don't want to. I'll give a little hint away. I don't think it's unreasonable considering how many of those players. Like it was, a, there's a pretty kind of baseline number, right? That's uh, they're all pretty close to three thousand four hundred eighty-six. Three thousand four hundred eighty. That means they would have had to. So have... high. Yeah. What That's are you doing? so high. Okay. Well, there's thirty <laughs> players, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I think they averaged the, 112, 115. 115 each. What about all the guys in the 90s? The, the defenders would have been like 95, 97 or something. Oh, let's right, not Sam's, correct. Let's not give him a chance to have another maybe, answer. Maybe I meant 3,046. No, you said you had to stick with it. Stop cheating. Right, we're right, moving Sam, on. Who's next? I was including a captain. I don't mind. I, I think I think 3,110. No, I think there's a 101 average, probably. So I'm going to go 3030. No, I mean, that seems too on the nose. All right, what's my lucky number? Legs 11, 3041. The best part about this is this was supposed to be a stitch up, but Nathan hasn't checked his fucking phone because I already said I didn't add Tim <laughs> Kelly to the initial list. <laughs> yeah. So I gave. 
I gave Nathan a number because he thought it would be funny for us to stitch you up and he didn't check his phone, which means Sanch is the winner. And Sanch with 3,140 is the closest to the pin. So we just thought it'd be funny to beat BC one more time. It seemed small. I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> We just wanted to stitch DC up a little bit, but um, it says you've seen well, my message. Stitched himself Nathan. up, guessing three thousand. He stitched himself up. <laughs> you, you've seen my messages, Nathan, but you apparently didn't actually read into what I was asking you to do. But well, anyway, yeah, I was focusing on being such a good actor. Oh. <laughs> well done, Sanch. You really did win that one well and truly because you were only thirty points off from thirty points. You only missed the average by one each person. So well done. All right, uh, back to what I was saying. Season awards uh, has been uh, a fantastic year, and we did these last year. So we're going to give some awards away uh, to ourselves because we're a bit vain like that. Uh, so, DC, I think this is only fair for you to do a little bit of hosting and uh, hand out some awards on our Night of Nights. Cue the music. That's right, Nathan. I give myself music. Uh, our first award is the Upper Echelon Award after Nathan's comment that we were with the traders in the Upper Echelon of AFL Fantasy Podcast. The Upper Echelon Award for the highest ranked Hatchat coach once again goes to Sanch, 461st overall. Not as competitive this year, uh, but well done, Sanch. Backed it up. I the d- second don't, don't preface it by saying it wasn't that competitive. I just <laughs> way to slap you on the way through. I mean, Your review, best coach. The, on the, the rest of us oh. weren't that close to you. So is what I savage. My fault. You guys are shit. I definitely took it it's as all right. you Sam, weren't as you, competitive. You were closer Sam. to a Hilux than DC was to me. So that's what he means by uncompetitive. <laughs> All right. The second award is the I Remember My First Season of Fantasy Award for the lowest ranked Hatchack coach, which once again goes to Jank for 4,730th overall. Moving on to. No. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the name of that award. Well, that <laughs> it says her first season bit. of fantasy. This is DC. Yeah. Look, I'd, respect, I'd respect that, but you did finish outside the top 10K. So let's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. Moving on. Case in point. <laughs> the Tom Phillips Award, named after Tom Phillips from a couple of seasons ago when he was a dreadful starting pick, for the most disappointing starting pick of the season. So for these uh, next awards, we are going to vote. We're going to put up nominations and then vote on who we think it was the most disappointing pick. So do we have any nominations? Uh, yes, I, I would like to very uh, quickly nominate Errol Gordon, as I discussed at the start of the year. <laughs> very disappointing, biggest what bust, a bust this year. <laughs> He's uh, a lock. I don't think we need to debate this. I don't think there's any votes that need to be cast. That's what I love most about this is I assume Jake was planning on when we did this like predictions earlier in the season that we'd bring it up later. But because of Jake's terrible predictions, like, no, let's just not do that this year. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we have some. Actual, actual players. I didn't start him, but uh, uh, I'm yeah. sure you. So mine was. I, I'm going to vote, go for McGrath. McGrath as the starting worst starting. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Tan- Tanner Bruin was pretty bad, but I'll, I'll go. With Bruin was bad. I, I'll throw out Dom Sheed and I was going to say and, him, and possibly yeah. Rory Laird as well, just for how poor his first few games were. It burnt a lot of people that started him. Um, so all in favour for McGrath then. I think McGraw, I think as far as this podcast goes, McGraw was an overwhelming theme. I think we backed against Laird. Um, Bruin sucked, but we got him out of our sides, whereas I think McGraw went on way too long. So, yeah, I think he hurt us the most. By us, I mean you guys. 
Andy McGrath then wins the Tom Phillips Award for this season. The next award is the Elliot Yo Award for the worst season-destroying trade, named after the trade that Jake made last season to bring him in, where he got injured uh, and then was, I think, injured or missed the next week or something, wasn't it? It was two weeks in a row where he burnt you. Yeah, he got injured but got up again. I think he had a concussion test that was off the field for half the game. Then he got up to play next week and got injured on 18. So it was, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It does, uh, doesn't ring a bell. I, I'm going to say this is probably going to be unanimous. Uh, it's got to be Callum Mills unless anyone has any debates. I mean, for me, getting Callum Mills meant that next week I had to, I had to go somewhere in premium midfielder and went Merritt. And I wouldn't yeah, I have got so. Merritt if I didn't have Mills injured. So for me, I'm going to say going steel over Brayshaw and Laird at that particular point in time. Uh, that cost that cost me 200 points. I feel like I get two votes in this. Uh, so it's Callum Mills for me. <laughs> yeah, Serge gets the two votes. And just in case there was any concern, I'll, I'll back him in. That's absolute lock that in. I would have thought he got six votes, but sure. I definitely get what Fuck you're saying about the other, the other trades there, though, Nathan. Like They lingered on for longer. At least Callum Mills was one and done. But yeah, that was a, a, a shocking... Shocking trade that week. Uh, so Callum Mills gets it, I think. The Josh Dunkley Award for the best starting pick of the year, which is a bit ironic this year because he didn't start that well. But in 2021, he started with six straight tons. and 2022, he started with seven straight tons. So nominations, we've got a couple here on the run sheet. Nick Dacos is one we've thrown up. Went at 119 for the first seven rounds. And then uh, a few other people have thrown in honorable mentions for Sarong and Setterfield. Sanch. I feel like Dacos has to be the unanimous pick here. He pretty much took the start of the season away from you. The other picks were good, but they didn't take the season away. You could still get to him. Dacos, he just went off, and we all were just too scared about this this tag or that he couldn't sustain it in the in a poor fantasy team like the Pies, and he just kept going. That that 119 includes a 99, so if you want to stat pad a bit more, take that 99 out. It's like a 124 or something like something ridiculous for six rounds. It feels like the only one I'd throw up to challenge that would be Tim Taranto. Mm. The difference being that almost everyone had him, but I think he actually out-averaged Dacos over those first six, seven or eight weeks um, and obviously had the longest ton run for the season by quite a few games in the end. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Dacos wasn't as highly owned and, and a lot of good coaches didn't start him. But he was still very highly owned. Highly owned, but not as high as, as Taranto. Yeah, if we're I looking mean, at those I wanna, two... I want to put Errol Goulden out there just because, you know... Uh, he had worst starts fun. of the year, but no one traded him out. So those who started with him got a, a fairly good one thirteen average. Shout out to Holmesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just have to back in. If we're thinking best starting pick, I mean it's hard because Dunkley was probably highly owned, not as highly owned um, as Taranto, but Dacos with what he did and with his ownership levels, I think people that finished with a hat probably started with him or brought him in week one. So I'll, I'll put my vote there. All right, sounds as though we have a majority for Dacos then. So Nick Dacos wins the Josh Dunkley Award for Best Starting Pick. The Connor Rosie is the most important trade of the season award after my famous claim last season. Uh, so this is a player that we traded in during the season that launched you up the rankings more than any other player if you jumped on at the right time. Any nominations here, guys? Sanch? I'm going to go the flip side is... The most important trade out of the season would have been Tim Taranto. If you jumped off at his buy when all the midfielders came back, um, yeah, he just tanked after he had a full, full-ish midfielder around him. Uh, yes, the Tigers were trying different things, but 
If you traded jumped off him, it, it, it would have done a world of good for your rank. Interesting shout. I'm going to go with Brad Crouch. Because I think after his buy, he was only 804k. And then he went at 111. So those that got on him pretty early were able to get that mid-pricer. It was essentially almost like a mid-price, an underperforming primo. And able to get him where others were jumping on a sarong and a brayshaw and paying 200k more for the same price. Yep, it's not a bad shout. The, the one I'll throw up that I didn't do, uh, obviously Connor Rosie's teammate is Zach Butters. I think the week I brought in Chase Jones, Zach Butters was a, another alternative move that week. And that was clearly one of the best trades of the season, I think particularly that first probably six weeks that people brought him in. Uh, and then the other one I'll throw up was uh, the guy we were talking about earlier, which is Jordan Dawson. I think if you jumped on him when he moved into the midfield, that was one of the most important picks for the year as well. Jake? Yeah. Um, I think out of all those Dawson's, the one that I uh, lend myself towards, I think the guy we've forgotten because we were pretty hot on, uh, particularly me and Sedge, is the Bont. Um, he had that five-game average of mid-90s after the first five games, missing a quarter here or there, then finished the year with 117 average. He boosted his average by 19 points after round six and was by far and away the most improving player this year. He wasn't that highly owned to start the year. He, he did have higher ownership than maybe some of these guys we were talking about, uh, but a lot of people jumped on right at that time, and I think if you didn't do that, you probably didn't have a chance at winning the hat. So um, I'll, I'll be okay with Dawson, but I think Bont probably outshines a lot of those guys we just spoke about. The only thing I'd say with Bont is that probably more people started him than traded him in. I think he was a more popular starting pick than a trade-in, whereas I don't think that was necessarily the case with Butters and, and Dawson and guys like that. But agree that he was obviously an important pick. Uh, so votes then. So a- anyone for Bont? Nope. Uh, Dawson? I-, I think I'll back Dawson in compared to some of those other guys. So Jake for Dawson. Uh, Butters? I'll go Butters. Yeah, I'll go Butters as well. I think the slow nature in which Butters started, I wouldn't give it to him. So if you jumped on Crouch, I think he was a better trade in straight away than what Butters did. Oh, yeah, I forgot I nominated Crouch. Yeah, yeah, no, Crouch. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) vote me. All right, so does that mean everyone else is going Crouch? Yeah. Okay, all right, that's majority then. So Brad Crouch is the Connor Rosie Award this season. Two to go. These are less less player-based. Uh, so the first one is the Hatchap Podcast Best Advice of the Year Award. So the piece of advice from a Hatchap panel member or guest that stood out above all else for being early, accurate, and impactful. You can't place a vote on yourself. Uh, I'll give a vote for Sanchez's call at the start of the season that Tom Green might be the highest averaging player uh, for the year. Um because it's, it was essentially, a, he was also a very, very important starting pick and he obviously got injured as well. But I think he was very, very important and a lot of people broke their teams trying to get him in after his first few weeks. So that was good from you, Sanch, to, to call that massive breakout. Well, I'm going to give another pat on the back. I'm going to give it to Jake um, for his piece of advice that uh, Errol Gordon would be a shocking starting pick. <laughs> uh, that really just, it really resonated with me. So I went against him and started him. <laughs> It was. I get it. It's like anti-advice because it came out of my mouth. It really justified why other people would pick him, and I appreciate that. Um, I was going to give mine to Sanj, but I'm second-guessing myself now <laughs> after that bit of slander. Um, although in doing so, giving a bit of pat, pat on the back to myself because Sanj was just as hot on the bond as I was. Um, there was a big push to start bond, and his ownership definitely, definitely was lower 
before we started talking about him. But Sanj was really, really hot on that. And I really do think that he was he was the difference in a lot of people's seasons and a guy who wasn't as talked about until we, we kind of had that opportunity to really spook him. Just want to uh, point out that DC is steaming that he hasn't had a good advice nomination over here. Just, uh, so can we leave well, it? I mean, can sorry, we just vote on those three? I mean, to be honest, he can't um, there's himself. only one member on this podcast that was nominated <laughs> as the best advice giver. Uh, and that and is that, Sanj. That is Sanj. <laughs> Defeated by Roy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're a distant third there, mate. <laughs> In a popularity contest. Uh, I guess we better give it to Sanch then. Yep. I, I agree. I think the Tom Green shout was was a pretty good one, unless anyone wants to dispute that. I also, in the same breath, said that I think Darcy Parrish or Zach Merritt would have like a really underwhelming season and both just put up big numbers. <laughs> so. <laughs> to be fair, I re-listened to that because I wanted to hear what we all said. Uh, and you actually said that you wouldn't pick them only for round one and you think you should bring them in after a poor score in round one. He said, I think they'll still have a good year. Um, unlike Nathan, who said that uh, Nat Five would be a top five, top six forward. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I said I Nat Five or Will Brody. I said yeah. one of the Which two. Oh, combined, combined, I misspoke. I mentioned Nat Five and Will Brody combined would be a top six forward if you added their average. I still don't think that's true. That's <laughs> All right, and the last award for this year's Hatchat Awards is the Hatchat Podcast Funniest Moment of the Year Award. So we do have a couple of nominations already here. So the first one is Nathan's uh, a millimeters to miles conversion that caught everyone off guard <laughs> a few weeks ago, which was classic. Uh, another nation shout was the Watottle, uh, the Worst Trade of the Week Award, which was absurd and still is absurd. Another Nathan shout, well, I'm <laughs> sensing a theme here, is the triumphant return of Tradle Spade. The Tradle Spade one-minute recap. Here we go. Here's something that's funny that Nathan didn't say, and he was quite upset about it. The fact that we kept calling him a guest when he missed a number of podcasts in a row. Uh, we also have the cake puns, which I think I'm going to throw my support behind. That was hysterically funny. Uh, and then the Darcy Camwin episode. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's definitely a theme and, and the Darcy Cameron one, I feel like recency bias has me, the millimetres to miles had me absolutely cackling, but the Darcy Cameron one has kind of lingered for a few weeks, even in the group chat. So that one's, that one's been great. And what I might add is I'd almost like us to not give this award. I want to hear what our listeners have to say, because I'm sure there's some that we've forgotten that people have really enjoyed at home. So please message us uh, what your favourite moments of the year was. That's almost the best part is when these sort of jokes translate to a, a Facebook comment. So when I saw Darcy Cameron appear in a Facebook <laughs> comment, that is that takes the cake. No, uh, I left so the, the cake punch. Is that what you voting for? When I saw that, <laughs> the, I, I will never look at. I would never look at Luke Davies Uniac again without thinking Luke Davies UDK. Because I, like- <laughs> I still call him Brandon Parfait. <laughs> okay, cake pin, cake puns wins, whatever. That's I'll, oh. I'll I'll back cake puns in, noting that Darcy Cameron and Millimeters to Miles are very close podium finishes. Yes, uh, well done, Nathan. You have brought some brilliant humour to us this year. Some terrible jokes as well, but a few good ones in there. Did you guys say a joke in the in the ten weeks I wasn't on, or were you just too busy letting <laughs> Sanch give top three quality advice? <laughs> 
that concludes this year's Hatch Out Award. Oh, thank you, DC. I appreciate that. You can uh, you can host those at absolutely any time. Uh, now, what I think the most important part of this episode is, of course, is to maybe thank everyone that's tuned in this year. Thank every guest that we've had on the show. Thank everyone that's supported us. Uh, thank you to our Hat Chat League commissioners. We had so many leagues this year, and the work that we had to put in in the preseason was a lot. Uh, hopefully, we've done a lot of legwork in the background to make it a bit smoother for 2024, and Maybe a few changes coming in, but uh, we'll sort that out in the off-season. Um, obviously, to you guys, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm absolutely working at a school or a childcare centre dealing with, with you lads, but obviously having uh, having you guys on the podcast, it wouldn't be the same, and uh, it's brought plenty of joy to myself every week. Uh, you know, we all have our tough days, and this always tends to brighten it up, and I hope it feels the same way for the listeners. Um, boys, who else? Are there people I've forgotten? I'm sure there is. Did you say Manscaped? Of course, our sponsors at Manscaped. I mean, I wouldn't dare forget them. No, they have been fantastic. It's been great to, um, you know, cover some of the costs behind the scenes of running the show and also to be able to supply some prizes to our fantastic listeners, run some great competitions and whatnot, um, which hopefully we can continue into 2024. And just a thank you to Manscaped for uh, keeping my uh, long-distance relationship alive in in helping me get a a well-sculpted beard. I mean, I don't think they help you grow the beard, That's Nathan. Enough, we're still waiting. That's enough time we have. That's enough time. <laughs> that's enough time. Anyone you want to thank, Sanj? Mills, maybe. Thanks to you guys for reminding me that I am the best coach on the pod uh, week in, week check, week out. Uh, so much that Nathan admitted he was only ever second best. Um, so celebrated, I, not admitted, celebrated that I was second best. <laughs> true. Well, if there is anyone that I have forgotten, uh, I do apologise. It has been a long show and I've had to put up with these boys' rabble, but uh, it has been a fantastic year nonetheless. Uh, Maybe a big thank you to DC more than the other boys too for all the editing of listening to these boys that you've had to put in. So uh, we appreciate that very, very much. Yeah, (laughs) He edits us and leaves himself. We know know how it works. Uh, I guess the last thing for our listeners out there, obviously we do take a bit of a break over this time of the year. We'll still be active enough on the socials if you happen to have any questions. I think we're all doing AFLW teams, although we would direct you to our friends at Free Kick or, of course, uh, the Warn Dog and the AFLW fantasy podcast that they're doing. Uh, we should have a bit of fun over the off-season. Otherwise, what we normally do is sneak a couple in pre-Christmas uh, and then come back in full swing around my birthday, so end of January. Uh, I always enjoy recording with these boys at that time of year. It's a nice way to bring things back to uh, back to the uh, the real world, but uh, we'll certainly sort out some more specific timelines closer to the date. Um, I think that's everything, guys. I mean, maybe some social handles. In case people haven't seen the Mrs. DC escapades on Twitter, you are still with us, and thank you very much for joining us on the show. Uh, do you want to give the guys your Twitter handle to uh, to see some of the fun and games you get up to? <laughs> yes, it's uh, Mrs. Three underscores DC. I seriously can. I tried to change it last night, but it would only. She tried to change it to Mrs. Petrarca. <laughs> it only let. It would only let me change it to Mrs. DC's butt, which was not. Anyway, so <laughs> I think Mrs. Triple that's, underscore that's the only DC fans is better. <laughs> uh, yes, Mrs. DC's butterflies for those There's at home. No only fans Completely account. curious. <laughs> Completely curious about why it was butt and nothing else. Yes, Mrs. DC's Butterflies. I'm intrigued to see what the name happens to be next year. And, of course, your second year in fantasy. We, we usually talk about a third-year breakout, but uh, hopefully for your sake, a second-year one. DC, uh, just in case people have forgotten, where are they going to find you in the off-season? 
Uh, they can find me at DC Caterpillars and playing a little bit of AFL Fantasy for the first time. So uh, AFL- <laughs> <laughs> I remember my. It's first amazing. Title I've been fantasy. doing a podcast for all these years, and I've never played AFL Fantasy. A- AFLW Fantasy. <laughs> See, I never make mistakes. <laughs> Uh, Well, fingers crossed, mate. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy the off-season. Sanch, what about you, mate? I think you've got a bit of a busy off-season coming up. Yeah, there's lots going on in the off-season. Madam Sanch become Mrs. Sanch, so probably uh, I'll I'll be very vacant for for parts of it. But uh, at Sanch Fantasy and just limping my way to the next preseason. Oh, mate, well, congratulations and have a fantastic time oh, yeah, over the she break. Has, she might still run away, mate. <laughs> no congratulations <laughs> just yet. Bloody oath, I wouldn't blame her. Nathan, what about you? Uh, yeah, the, the school year's started back up again, so I'm going to be quite busy. Uh, so next week I'm off to Vegas. The week after that, I'm going to <laughs> Oktoberfest in Germany. And then two weeks after that, I'll be going to Disneyland. But, but it's really busy, like work-wise. <laughs> I, I I have to do it. It it's it's awful. Like yeah, all this network sounds like it. Uh, and where are the guys finding you to watch you do all of those things, mate? Uh, at Ober Mullet with a T. Uh, I am still at Dunkley's Donuts for this year. You know, at Duggan's Donuts, we we talked about plenty of things that could happen in the off season. It could be a name change for me. Uh, you can find <laughs> yeah, me not doing anything quite as this year. Yeah, that's right, to do nothing. Uh, you, you won't find me anywhere as exciting as Nathan. I might be in Melbourne for a week or two, though, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and, yeah, super excited for, for 2024. Uh, thank you all for listening for the final time in 2023. We'll catch you guys later this year or in 2024. Cheers. Goodbye. playing a little bit of AFL fantasy for the first time.